So today we have an episode that I'm really excited about doing because I love talking about books. We've read some really good books this past year, and I have enjoyed so many reads with the children. We've enjoyed a lot of reads together as a family. And so we're going to be talking about the books we've read, why we picked them, whether we would recommend them or not as read alouds in your home, and our methodology behind picking read aloud books that we want to expose our children to. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you do share it, like it, you guys know the drill. We thank you so much for your ratings and reviews and consistently supporting this podcast. It means the world to us. And we are just very, very, very thankful that you guys are our listeners. But now that we're a family podcast. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to this episode as well. Katie, you mentioned you love talking about books. You love reading to the children. We love reading as a family. But when I look at the stack of books that we have, I mean, to your left and to my right, I it makes me excited because many of the books that you've read the children, I've not been able to hear very much about because a lot of your reading takes place when I am gone. You know, it takes place, I mean, you'll, you'll share, but usually around the breakfast table or the lunch table. And, and there are some good ones in here that I haven't been able to really hear like the full synopsis of, you know, like what your takeaways are from them. I'll hear the kids walking around the house, quoting them and and talking about different pieces of some of these books. But this is, this is going to be really fun for me because you've done a lot of reading to our children and that is a blessing to our home. Talk about just bringing life and creativity and, uh, I don't know, just new ideas to our children and and into our home. And that's, I tell you what, that's such a blessing because as I've already stated, most of this is happening while I'm gone. Like you're just infusing so, so much wealth and knowledge into our children and you make our home such an amazing spot to be largely, I mean, for a variety of reasons, but you know, the, the literature that you bring in is, is a factor. So I'm really grateful for that. I feel like we're very much a team in this and very united in it because, you know, I came up this morning, Elisha lets me sleep in on Sunday mornings and you were very into reading the Bible and I startled you (laughs) coming up the stairs, but I, I know the children love listening when you read the Bible in the mornings, when you read the Bible in the evenings, when you read our read aloud in the evenings, that's such a fun time for the kids. They say, see you reading all the time. And I think that's a really big thing for our children. They see you reading these big books for your book club and reading for enjoyment. And so they think whatever daddy does is cool. And so they want to read for enjoyment too. So this isn't just something that mommy's pushing Mm. and so that really means a lot to me because mm. I feel like it's something that we both value and we're both uh, doing on our spare time and then also both taking our time to read to the children. So it means a lot to me that you value it as well. Yeah, that is cool to think about how, I mean, we really do get to set the, the standard, the tone for what our children are drawn to. And even in you saying that, you know, the kids see me reading the Bible and they think that's cool. I grew up seeing my daddy and, and, and my mother read read God's word all the time, in the morning, in the evening, at lunch. My dad had a Bible in his truck with him. He had Bible memory verses taped to his uh, you know to his dashboard uh, in his equipment because he, he worked in the logging industry and all of his pieces of equipment, he had memory verses taped around the, his, the cab of yeah. his equipment. And uh, so it, just from the earliest age, I, I wanted to read the Bible. I wanted to get my own Bible. And I think that's actually can be really empowering as a parent that wants to instill the love of God's word and the love of reading 
into your children, you don't even need to have, you know, you don't need to have a PhD level grasp on, on God's word or on, or on any, you know, good literature in order to give that love of reading to your children or to instill the value of God's word into your children. You can just exemplify it by going to it on a regular basis and them seeing you on the couch with the Bible opened or at the kitchen table with your Bible opened is going to communicate volumes. Yeah, it is. I wanted, okay, real quick though, before we get into the books, I just wanted to give a little pep talk because we are on Instagram anymore. I wanted to let you guys know if you are in the Get It All Done Club, on Thursday, I'm going live. I do that once a month in the club. That's what I'm doing for 2024. So I'm going live in the club. I want to answer all your questions and chat with you guys there. So make sure you're on on Thursday or if you haven't enrolled yet, you can still, there's still time to enroll. And then the other thing is, oh, we've been getting you know, here and there questions pop up about when I'm going to have my mother back on the podcast or, you know, where you guys can hear from her. I love that you love hearing from Mama Janice. She is definitely a big role model in my life. Um, and I continue adding her, um, talks and things that she does to the club. So that is where most of the, lives from my mom are right now. Right now we have hours of content from her in the clubhouse. And we actually just added this month another, I don't know, hour long talk that she did on keeping your sparkle. It was really incredible. And we were able to get the recording of that. She did a live presentation for my cousins and my aunts and I down at our girls retreat and I was kicking myself. I called Elisha and I was like, I didn't record it. And he's like, it's okay. It was fun in person because I just felt so encouraged. Um, but then she ended up doing it again for some friends and we recorded at that time. So anyways, you can get access all that in the clubhouse. If you haven't found it already, then message me and I can help you find that. Um, but yeah, that is where you can find hours of content from my mom is there in the clubhouse. The reason why we keep it a little bit more under lock and key, she will come on the podcast again, but you can be a lot more vulnerable in a private space where people aren't just passing by to dump opinions. Um, A lot of what my mom shares and a lot of what makes what she shares so powerful is it is politically incorrect and it is God's word, pure and unadulterated (laughs) and really straightforward. And, um, Sometimes that's worth putting out there to the masses. And sometimes I would just rather it be in a really positive environment with um, like-minded people who believe in the authority of scripture. So anyways, that is why it is mainly in the Get It All Done Clubhouse. Wow, that's awesome. Anyways, okay, so we can go back to books, but I want to let you guys know because those are some questions. Yeah, because I mean, the day that this is going to, that live that you're doing two days from when this, people are going to be listening to this. Yeah. So real time. If you don't catch the one this month, you can always catch next month, though. Hmm. Okay, so should we just dive into the books? How do you want to do this? Because I really feel like this is your episode, and I'm going to be learning from you. I mean, maybe a couple of these I've been a part of reading just because it's been in the evening family reading times. So I say you just dive in, maybe timeline-wise, like going back to, because you're kind of going back over a year, right, of books that you've read to the kids? Yeah, so these aren't all the books that we've read to the kids. These are some of our favorites. This isn't what we've read for school, and a couple I could not find around our house, but this is the majority of what we've read for our breakfast and lunch reading times. So I like to stack reading when the kids eat, and we've gradually just been able to read longer and longer and longer during that breakfast time. Okay, so um, do you want to give me 
all of them or yeah. do you want to no have here you go there's all of them <laughs> okay um, some of these we've read in the evening time with elisha too so uh we'll go through these because they're all similar amy carmichael david livingston and Corey ten boom i'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with the christian heroes then and now series but they just do a great job with missionary stories and with just famous people throughout history that have lives that are worth learning from um as, as in like they're notable historic figures but they also um really faced some serious challenges mm -hmm. and overcame them yeah and and these are powerful because you know i don't i've read some biographies that are are so boring and you're like wow that was just the facts these are not that yeah. way obviously these are biographical biographical but they're written in such a way where you get so captivated by the by the narrative of their life and by the by the timeline the story of their life and just the historical context that they're each living with in so those yeah we read these growing up as well and yes. so it was really fun to see these being read in, in my home. It's kind of surreal whenever that happens, when it's the full circle thing. Full it's circle pretty, moments. Pretty yeah, it's yeah. trippy. So Amy Carmichael, we finished March 5th, 2023. Uh, David Livingston was November 14th, 2023. And Corey Boom, we finished January 2nd. So this is a February to February year cycle nice. that we're sharing with you guys because I couldn't find the books we read last January. Um, but what's really fun is... I do have the kids, one of the children do a narration after we read. And so they speak back what they heard. And mm. so right now, if I were to ask the children about Amy Carmichael or David Livingston or Croyton Boom, they could give you their story very mm. clearly. And I love that because I guess one reason why I like reading chapter books when it comes to this stuff is because we read, you know, a chapter to a day over a long period of time. And we usually read a book at breakfast and a book at lunch. And it just really cements the story in the children's minds. If you just read a picture book, it's kind of in one year out the other. It can be a great way to introduce a character, but it's a lot harder to remember. Mm. But with these, you just immerse for a long time. Yeah. yeah. In the Love story. It. Okay. So we'll do a fun one that we actually just finished right now. And that is the Bobsy twins. We finished this February 13th. Again, I like to write the little date. because Sometimes we do rereads and we put it back in there. The Bobsy Twins, the whole reason I read this one. Did you read these growing up? No, I, I don't even know what these are about. You don't? No. Okay, so... Are these like Hardy Boys or... Yeah, yes, but okay. very chill mysteries. Okay. Like actually nothing ends up being that wrong or that scary. Oh, okay. As I was reading it again, I was like, I was obsessed with these when I was a kid. And now I'm just like, this is so slow. But... um. I bought a bunch of these because I loved them and I thought they'd be good early readers. And then the kids just didn't touch them. Hmm. And so I decided to read one to show them how good it was. And I didn't tell them, you know, they had to read more, but we were like halfway through and the kids were like, could you keep reading? Could you keep reading? And I was like, no, that's all for today. But there's more to these Bobsy twin, Bobsy twin stories. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, we have like 12 outside. Wow. And so, they Lucy and Leon ran out and got one and have been reading them on their own. Oh, that's great. so. Anyways, that was the whole reason of reading this. It's not like great literature, sure, but it helped light the fire. Yeah, for reading in them. That's great. Yeah, so that's a fun one. That's fun. Do you want to tell a little bit about this one? Well, no, I want you to because you guys just finished this one. I just this feel one's... like I'll talk this entire episode. Oh, well, I'll I'll make comments as I as I can as I am able. Okay. I I really want to hear from you. You're the one that uh, has been doing the reading. 
Okay. If you're willing. Yeah. Okay. So I love these little series because the covers are all just beautiful. Actually, okay. So the first one I read, these aren't series. It's like a collector's editions of these titles. The first one that we read was The Wind in the Willows. Now, The Wind in the Willows is, let's see, we finished this one. Oh, man. Did I forget to date this one? I forgot to date this one. I might have thought it was too nice. Um, but this is a pretty thick book in terms of it's a little animal story, but the literature value is high and that the vocabulary is old and rich and poetic. And there are big chunks of sections that are just so poetic, you don't really know what's going on. And so it was excellent for the kids having to focus and telling back the story. It was interesting to see what they got from it. So this is from Kenneth Graham and really recommend this for improving your kids uh, focus and intrigue because it's again, it's on their level with the little kid animal stories, mm. but it is so much richer than that mm. from a literary perspective. Well, that's great. Yeah. I think this whole series, not, not series. You, yeah. You just called it a series and then corrected yourself. I know. It's like it comes from the same publisher or. Yes. That what that's it is? what it is. They're the words worth editions. Okay. And I didn't, they, they have tons of these titles and you could just go and buy obviously a whole set, but I don't like to buy whole sets of books for the most part because it's uninspiring when you just have tons of books. It's like fun to buy a new book. Oh yeah. The and experience. so you need to read it and then I get to buy a new book, mm. you know, so I kind of buy as I go. Yes. Um, yeah, there's some incentive. Yeah, there's some incentive. There are some series we've bought for the kids to have. So we have a little home library. But when it comes to me reading to them, we got just do it. it this way. Okay. The next one we got in this series was The Railway Children. We finished this one October 14th. And it's really cute. It's about a sibling set. They're all very sweet, very sweet family ties and connections. I kind of think of it as a little... Uh, the little peppers and how they grew kind of situation where there's a mom and the kids and the dad's out of the picture because he's in jail and it's pretty fun. There's actually a movie to this and I, the story just sounded so familiar to me and it, I realized I'd watched the movie as a child, but the kids haven't watched the movie yet. So one day we're going to pull that out and surprise them with it. Nice. I love it. But yeah, I don't know anything about this story at all. Yeah. Again, really great vocabulary it's above a four and five year olds reading level for sure. And, and so it stretches them. And I love that. I usually read one of these alongside the missionary stories because the missionary stories are great, but they're very much like, yeah, to the point fourth grade reading level, like, yeah, easy to follow. Um, and I don't want the kids, I really want the children to know that great story can come from, taking a few chapters to even figure out what's going on. It oh. just doesn't suck you in right away. The book we're going through now in book club, I, I actually, I've done this so many times where the first <laughs> third or maybe the first quarter of the book, I'm like, I don't think I'm into this book at all. And I, it's hard for me to stay focused. And then I get like halfway in and I'm like, whoa, this is good. And then I start kicking myself because I realized how I wasn't actually focusing that much. In the first, I'm like, I think I missed something. I think I missed some important parts of the story and so it's, it is a good thing to learn early on that like hey stick with it there's this is so worth it yeah that's a, one of the biggest reasons we're reading aloud to our children is to show them that books with no pictures can be incredibly engaging to increase the vocabulary so that when they go to read it's easier for them to read and to just I think so many times when we come alongside them 
then we can get them to a point faster than they can get on their own, mm. but they get the taste for what it could be like to mm. do on their own if they accept the challenge. So anyways, Peter Pan, this was a delicious little story. It is very imaginative. Again, you have to stretch your mind even as a child, I feel like, to comprehend this book. And since we have boycotted Disney for our family and just been like, okay, Disney is not going to be the one that is introducing our children to fairy tales, we are going to read the actual fairy tales from the original authors. And this is a a beautiful, beautiful story. Super funny. I will say I had to cut out the most when it comes to this book. So I, you know, verbally edit some of the books because I will say all these books that I've recommended so far, there's old English and some of the words back then don't mean what they mean now. Right. And you can, you know, some it's not too big of a deal. And then some I'm like, eh, I don't want my kids repeating that. Yeah. <laughs> this one is very politically incorrect. There's a lot of you know, I would say Tinkerbell um, cusses in our modern day language, yeah. where obviously that wasn't a thing at the time. Nice. And then there's just obviously the Indian references in here are just, they were too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> Very consistent. So I will say with Peter Pan, you kind of have to pick and choose what you're going to read. This one, this was out of all the books that you've talked about so far, this is the one that I, I feel like I overheard the most of. Yeah, for, I feel like you did reason. too. I was just in the kitchen making coffee or... You were doing some, Bible time and yeah, living and room and while you like, reading. I was like, this is good. There was a handful of times there would be a sentence... You'd, you'd look up and I looked at him and I was like, that was good. It like, is rich. The writing is incredible and it just sucks you in the way he paints the story. And yeah, I really, really love it. And I teared up at the end. You know, it, it says this will continue as long as children are young and innocent and heartless mm. or something like that, young and carefree and heartless. And I don't know, you just, it just made me emotional. Mm. Because children are, you know, they're heartless in their sweet, little, innocent, naive way to what their parents are going through when they put them through mm. trials. Mm. And anyways, really precious. Okay, Treasure Island, Robert Louis Stevenson. What I love about these Wordsworth editions is they are unabridged. And I really think you just, it's awesome yeah. to go unabridged. If the children aren't reading it themselves and you're reading it to them, anytime you can go unabridged, it's great. And this is just captivating like i've never read the unabridged version i just read the great illustrated classic version as a kid and i cannot wait to read this book lawrence is he just turned three and he loves it because there's pirates in it and this is usually when the kids all beg for another chapter he goes no no but he loved this one and he also loved peter pan oh that's great so that's pirates huh yeah exactly <laughs> captain hook Okay, this is one the three-year-old did not beg for. Um, Animal Farm. So the first time I read Animal Farm, I did not think, oh, I'll read this to my kids. What a great read. And then I heard Autumn Kern read it to her children and or her husband read it to her kids. And I was like, no way, you can read that to kids, you know? And so I was like, we'll give it a shot and we can just overlook, you know, I can gloss out anything that I don't want them to hear. But they loved this book and it was an excellent introduction to propaganda and government mm. and corrupt government and just sales and marketing in general, not believing what people tell you to believe. Yeah, like uh, gaslighting or yeah. just because even like you were saying, you were confused a handful of times in the story 
you're kind of like, wait, wait a second. It, is this who's in who's in charge here? Who are the good guys? Yeah, the first time I read it and they were talking about how Snowball, you know, this pig was actually on the bad guy essentially. I was like, I I was sure he was he was good. And I'm like flipping back trying to find the sections or even the commandments, the seven commandments of the animals in here. They they get edited and I was just thinking, is that what it really said? Anyway, so the second time I noticed a lot more just how much I was oblivious mm. to the propaganda as it was going on when wow. I read it the first time. So anyways, this is great. Still to this day, we read this a, a bit ago, and anytime you say England in a sentence, if we are mentioning England, Lawrence busts out in song, yeah. the three-year-old. Anytime we get to um, the Beast of England song, all the kids break out in song, mm. Beast of England, Beast of Ireland, Beast of England. Every land incline, hearken to our joyful tiding of the glorious future time. So they sing this all around the house, and um, well, they also will do four legs good, two legs bad. They yes. like have all their little chants. They'll say things too, like, "Oh yeah, no, all all breakfast, oh, lunch, yeah. and all meals are equal, but some meals are more equal than others." You know, they yes, do that they whole do. line of our all animals are equal, but. Some animals are more equal than others. Yeah, they like play on that a lot. Yeah, I think a really fun opportunity we have to introduce our children to things is that they can get things so much sooner. You know how fun it is to be on the inside jokes Mm. of the world? And they get to be on in on a lot of rich jokes already Hmm. and i just think how cool is that one one way we do that obviously is by reading narnia because this is just such a well-referenced story june 21st is when we finished the lion the witch and the wardrobe and i didn't know we were kind of back and forth on whether to introduce fantasy to our children this young did you when did you get introduced to fantasy you know i think my mom read a couple of them when i was very young six maybe six seven or eight and then we went into other stuff and you know i'd have to ask my mother if she had any convictions or concerns about very you know fantasy or magic in stories sorcery yeah exactly witches and wizards and all of that because it wasn't a huge part of maybe a 10-year period of the stuff she read she read treasure island she read you know robin hood and um swiss family robinson and um and so we had a lot of great literature, but I'm wondering if she was proactively staying away from some of the uh, more magical um, books. Yeah. So we didn't, uh, we were obviously very familiar with the like Disney fairy tales mm-hmm. growing up, but we didn't, any other magic was a strict no-go in my house until I was maybe 14. And that's when uh, my uncle Wade actually gave me these series and I asked my mom and she said, okay, you could read it. Hmm. And so this was the first fantasy. And, and I think I read one more trilogy and then that was it hmm. in terms of fantasy, um, growing up. And so I, I, I just didn't know what I thought of it again. Cause like, I've never read Harry Potter for that reason. Um, because the sorcery and that fantasy. Yeah. Did you fantasy. read Lord of the Rings? No, didn't read Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, I know for being like a really big reader, I never read the books that, the big readers read sure. yeah. if that makes sense you know um yeah and i don't i don't know 
what exactly we'll do with our kids right. when it comes to that. So anyways, that's the jury's still, still out. But I do think, I do think we live in a world where the spirit world is very much alive and well. And I don't think it's bad to be exposed to, hey, there's more happening here than meets the eye, than we hmm. can, what we can physically see. I do think that um, what is real is actually, what we call fantasy is actually also real. We just can't see it. Sure. And so I do think it's good for children to understand that's going on in this world as well. Yeah, there's a lot more speculation as to how it looks and exactly. what it is. But something's happening. Yes, yeah. but there are other things that are happening that we can't see. So anyways, those have been really fun. And then you've driven around with the kids a lot and listened to the audio versions. Yes, because you were strict on not letting us listen to the dramatized version that um, Focus on the Family did of these folks on the family. Oh man, they've got such high quality productions of, of stories. Um, and so yes, once you would finish reading the line, the witch in the wardrobe, then we could listen to the dramatized version, which was really fun. And so that would give, um, Oh, the kids would just ask to run any errands with me that they could and they'd get in the car and, and press play. And so those are pretty captivating. So that's been fun. We've also read Prince Caspian. That was the second one we read. And then the voyage of the Dawn Treader, I have my reasons for why we are reading them in the order we are reading them in. Um, and again, these are really fun. You would never guess how many times pastors reference Narnia. Mm. Uh, but our children have made us aware of how many times because they light up uh, with any Sons of Adam, Daughters of Eve references or... I don't know how many times all these things are referenced. Oh yeah, just in our church alone, church I feel Hawaii like it's and, sure. Yeah, yeah. But you're then right. we visited Bend and or Aslan. Yes. He is not a tame lion. Like there's just so many cultural. Yes. Or yeah, he's not safe. But no, yeah, yeah, he's not safe. Yeah. That's um, I love the picture of Aslan in the Narnian stories. So, anyways, those have been really fun. These are ones you've read with us. You wanna? Oh, okay. Now, now we're talking Laura Ingalls Wilder. I tell you what, these are a treat to read every evening. And these are just the classic, like, warm, cozy blanket that we all snuggle in at the end of each day. And this is, we, we read these after we read, usually from the Proverbs in the Bible or maybe some Psalms. Um, and I don't know which order we went in. Let's see. We, well, I guess this year it would have been Little House on the Prairie, right? Mm -hmm. On the banks of Plum Creek and then by the shores of Silver Lake. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We read Little House in the Big Woods last year, okay. and Farmer Boy was mm. our first intro. Farmer Boy is the best one. Did we read The Hands Long down. Winter? or the? We listened to The Long Winter on a long, snowy, freezing road trip. Okay. And I do not think we're going to read that one out loud, because that is a brutal book yeah. <laughs> to get through. It's just cold, and everyone's dying for month after month after month. So, oh. yeah, we only have a few more left. Yeah, these are great, and... Uh, I mean, they're, they're so well known and actually, you know, as far as one of the adaptations, uh, you know, to like a series for a lot of the series, I mean, I don't know how you feel about them. It's like, we haven't watched those in a long time, Oh, you're talking but about I feel like, like the, the, the TV show, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Michael Landon, Michael something? Landon Jr. or something. Yeah. Michael Landon. He did a great job with those. Yeah. Yeah, I thought those were so fun. And so even if that's what's in your head when you're reading these, these I still think it's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I read those books a ton growing up and then watched the TV series. We would get like a case of them, like series one, series two for our birthdays. Mm. And that's what we watched when my parents would go on date nights. And I loved it. And then going back and reading these, I just feel like it fits in perfectly. Yes. So anyways, those have been a joy to read. 
Okay, so we just have a few more random ones here. We have this Mozart, the Wonder Boy, here to introduce the kids to a composer. And honestly, this book was not long enough to cement Mozart in my mind or my children's mind. I feel like it was just jumping around from one thing to the next without any real detail to like his emotion. It didn't humanize Mozart. Mm. We were at arm's length the yeah. whole way through. Kind of a Wikipedia page. Yeah, exactly. It just wasn't very cool. What was cool is the kids would, it has all the music to his minuets and sonatas wow. and, you know, shortened versions, Allegro in here. So I was able to dust off my rusty piano playing skills no and way. impress the kids because I learned most of these growing up. So Whoa. It did not sound I, good, Elisha. I need to hear these. The things yeah. you do when I'm away from yeah. the home. You're the musician. That would be so fun to hear you play them, though. There's a huge... There's, this is like a whole series, and I remember reading it growing up, mm. and I could not tell you anything about Bach, Beethoven, Mozart. You know, they all blurred together in my brain. And I thought, oh, well, I'll read them to the kids, and like, it was just how I remembered it, mm. I guess. It, it's fun to read, but it doesn't... There's not this stickiness factor for sure. Me, yeah, because you would you would think it the way they title them, it sounds like they're really going to make a story out of it. Yeah, like and Mozart, like the brief Wonder Boy. Moments. Yes, the Adventures of Richard Wagner, you know, or Edward McDowell and his cabin in the pines. Yeah, Frederick Chopin, the son of Paul in early years. You're like, oh, this is going to be yeah. good. Yeah, and it starts out really intriguing. Hmm. It's great. It just doesn't tell enough detail. It skips like big years um, of life. I don't know. I compare that to like this little skinny autobiography or not autobiography biography we read about lewis braille and all the kids could quote that mm. you know they they reference that all the time when they're you know cutting a cardboard box like oh don't poke her out don't be like louis braille you know so yeah i mean that's the power of people that can even do like short story really well yeah where they just get you hooked really early on and it doesn't have to be a, a long you know work but it can get you emotionally involved really quickly yeah yeah, I don't know. Again, this I just love every book we read, I feel like is building this foundation for the long term, mm -hmm. what the kids can understand, what they can find amusing, what they can read on their own. When they go to read, like, you know, Leon was reading the other day, the King James Bible, and we were both like, what? Just the words he was yeah. saying that were not phonetic. Right. He just knows them by sight. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, that's, he'd heard it and, and seemed like, okay, this word would be good in this sentence. Wow. And you get that from reading like older literature. Hmm. Okay. This was a fun one. This is our hero, General U.S. Grant, when, where, and how he fought in words of one syllable. So this is something that, oh my goodness, why am I forgetting his name right now? The curriculum, the Robinson curriculum, he recommends this as a reader for a seven or eight year old. <laughs> excuse me, or just whenever a child learns to read, because this Josephine Pollard gal, she breaks the words down into one syllable. So like in hyphen two, or mm. like wa hyphen sheen hyphen ton for like washing ton. Right. Hmm. So it can be kind of annoying to read as an adult, but it does help kids sound it out. Okay. If they need help phonetically, it makes it less overwhelming. Hmm. And so, so can I see, is this one of those? Yeah. Is yeah. You can check it out. Down? So like our seven year old can read this hmm. and it's not, it's okay. So it's, it's not like it's just littered with 
a bunch of three syllable words or no no exactly that they're, that they're but it providing is, it is kind of complicated it's definitely not like an easy reader <laughs> at all i think i thought oh this is going to be like an easy reader but it was written a long time ago and so the language is way above what the average seven or eight year old is reading today hmm. but i felt like it was a really good read he loved it and so well, it captivated him and we read it we took turns reading it together so he'd read a little bit and then i'd read it out loud and um poor lucy sat through it <laughs> <laughs> She's a good sport. Okay, this one, 10 True Tales of the Titanic, Young Survivors. Um, this was a terrible book. Okay. This was, <laughs> Leanne goes, this book is scholastic. <laughs> what? That's what it is says that what it's, okay. on the front. That's what, like who it's published oh, by, Scholastic. He says, this book is scholastic. He liked it, but it's just like so cheesy. I would not read this book aloud ever again the reason why i got it was because the kids watched we watched a documentary on the titanic they wanted more information on the titanic and i love to learn about things through story so i thought oh we'll read it was hard to find things on on like one person's story from start to finish mm. with the titanic if you guys have a book like that we would love to know what it was so this one was 10 true tales and I, it was written for young readers in terms of of like they can read it hmm. so like a seven-year-old can read this on their own does this make sense but it yeah. is not a fun read aloud got it so the kids loved it though you know i'd read one chapter and i'm just like deathly bored <laughs> and they're like read another one <laughs> you read it yeah. read it on your own <laughs> but anyways true. if you're like child's looking for a book to read on their own about the titanic and they're really into it then they could read this something that i love is that the children, as soon as they hear something of interest to them or a character of interest to them, they ask me to buy a book about it. Yes. And, you know, if you go to the library a lot, then maybe they could ask you to, like, go to the library and get it. Yes. But for the most part, we've just been kind of buying books to stock our library here. And so I love that that's their first, their first thought. It's not even Google it. Like, eventually it will be Google it. But right now they just go, oh, Mama, can you buy a book on that? Can you buy a book on that? Can you that's buy awesome. a book about an Air Force pilot? Can you buy a book about... What's the one? Uh, Sergeant York. Sergeant York. Yeah. Can you buy a book about, um, you know, whatever they're into? And so, wow. Titanic. So that, that makes me really excited. That's pretty cool. And then The Jungle Books by Rudyard Kipling. Some of you guys knew this. I didn't. I was so confused when it said The Jungle Books because isn't there just one jungle book, you know? But again, sticking with our theme of we want to introduce our children to stories that Disney has popped populated popularized popularized without actually having to watch the disney renditions we got the official jungle book and they i love it because it's so much more detail of course than what they could fit into a movie wow. and it's also more complicated to focus on for the so kids. is it two books or is it three books what is it? there's a few there's like riki tiki tavi in here there's is Mowgli Pre its own book? The Undertakers. Like there's there's um, books in here that I can't pronounce. <laughs> as you can Got see, it. as you can tell, I will say Disney really helped me with the pronunciation of the words. You know, oh. like Baloo and Bagheera and Ka and oh, Shere Khan. Sure. And then every once in a while, there's a there's a character in here like, oh, there's the, there's the coyote or the jackal in here. And I have no clue how to pronounce his name. 
or like Aquila. Anyways, but this was this was really fun. Oh, here you go, Hathi the elephant. They have all the tabaki, tabaki. Are these the characters or are these those the, the characters? Here? How to say the names in this book? Oh, nice, good. Aquila, Bagheera, Baloo. Yeah, okay. Shield. <laughs> yeah, some I just was like really insecure pronouncing. Yeah, I mean you can tell I'm pretty cheap as my. <laughs> pretty sheepish myself uh, but there's like there's cool parts about like did you know that there was this white see-through old cobra down below the ruined city who was guarding tons of treasure and he actually b- chases Mowgli around in the dark and bites him down there oh, that sounds terrifying. terrifying yeah terrifying and uh Mowgli laughs because the it's so old that it doesn't have any venom in its veins anymore oh. or its fangs but it really freaks you out for a second there yeah that sounded creepy <laughs> it does honestly like the emotional roller coaster we go on with the kids like the kids are so sweet and so tender-hearted so on the real stories they ball their eyes out like, like the true consistently. stories consistently yeah the true stories because everyone dies in a true story <laughs> and it's just heartbreaking yeah. and so I mean, that's honestly been really good too. We've mentioned this on the podcast before, but they aren't around a lot of death. Mm. And so realizing, hey, this is a part of life. This is a part of life. This is a part of life mm. is is death. And being able to have those conversations with our kids has been really that is, healthy. That is good. That's a good point. Because I know, we, I think we stole this line from N.D. Wilson, but we want to really instill this concept that survival is not the goal yeah. with, with our children. And I want that to be instilled into my psyche uh and and to really think that in in long along the lines of we want to live according to how god has called us to live come what may like the the outcome is in his hands the results are in his hands and uh yeah whether that's just reading about faithful christians you know during the holocaust that paid severely for it being like that's like we want to be that person you know like that's Mm -hmm. That that was them living faithfully according to God's calling on their life, or like you said, living reading about the missionaries, Corey Ten Boom. Um, yeah, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, it is. It's funny mentioning the missionaries. It brought me back to like David Livingston. That was kind of a letdown. I was glad we were able to read it with the kids because he was such a cool adventure man. But it's like nuts how he'll just tell his wife, "I'll be back in a year," and then. Before he knows it, four years have passed. He's had no contact with her. You yeah, know that is a thing that I've always thought. Maybe we could do a whole other episode on it. Yeah, but yeah, how it? I I don't know. A lot of people that I think were or cons- are considered and probably are heroes of the faith. I don't want to take away from any of these things. Yeah. It it as a young person reading them. I'm thinking of even reading God Smuggler. You know about Brother Andrew or that's on our list. That's a great. Well, that was I think that might have been my favorite growing up but they really don't do a very good job of giving you a vision for family i think when you're reading these as a young single person Mm -hmm. um and they really kind of present it as like well this is by far the highest calling like this is the premier league here or this is tier one or whatever the all-star team and like if this isn't you then yeah i guess you could like settle down and maybe find somebody you love and have kids too um and obviously i don't see it that way like i think we are all to live the tier one life as Christians, uh, 
as as married couples, you know, as uh, Christians in our community, whether we're you know domestic missionaries or we're missionaries abroad, um, and obviously these stories are inspirational because of the traumatic and crazy and dramatic circumstances that they found themselves in, and they didn't just find themselves in, in them; they went to them. Mm-hmm. They pro- proactively went to those circumstances. So there is tons to take from those extreme stories um, that is admirable. And you're like, wow, they they died for their faith, and they knew and they knew that that was probably going to happen. And so you can be really exhorted and encouraged by that. But I, I am torn on how to how to like present those to our children when they are, you know, young teens and they're trying to plan a life for themselves. Yeah, I love how the kids just in their childlike perception of how the world works right now when we're reading these to them are like, oh, wow, that was not a good husband. Like he wasn't taking care of his kids. He wasn't taking care of his wife. You know, he sent his kids and his wife off for years, has no contact with them. The wife doesn't get along with his in-laws and leaves her kids there and goes and lives with her friends. No one's raising these kids. Like we don't know. Yeah. David Livingston's life was fruitful, but we really don't know the fruitfulness that could have been had by him parenting his his family yeah you know this the odds are still out because there were a lot of those children yeah. you know his son went and tried to find him and couldn't find him in wow. africa and it's just really sad so anyways it's just i do like that combination of true story in terms of these are real people who really lived and then the combination of fiction mm-hmm. and uh because there's different things to be gleaned by both oh yes no doubt. And that's what's so fun is hearing our kids on their own pick up on themes, to pick up on right and wrong, um, mm-hmm. and to start. And, and again, they've got such a high view of God's word already without us even having to tell them. They'll they'll hear, I mean, Narnia is an obvious one because of you know how often it's used as an allegory. Um, but they'll even talk about the deficiency of that of Aslan as an allegory mm-hmm. for Christ without us bringing anything up, you know, they'll notice some of the shortcomings because of course allegories are going to have shortcomings, especially when it comes to trying to, you know, you know, when it comes to Christ, find an allegory for Christ. And so I like that they are picking up on those patterns or like you said, with the animal farm, with, with animal farm, they, um, really were starting to pick up a lot on, um, yeah, just how, how manipulation can work, you know, from a very small level, you know, like in a town and, you know, obviously in the farm, they're on the farm there, um, but then in a government and so on. So it is pretty cool that just on their own. And I think that is, obviously we want to teach them as much as we can, but when you just let them learn, it's pretty fun too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing, like not explaining things, just letting them ask questions and telling them what they want to know, not explaining the words. We don't explain vocabulary unless they ask what a word means, because uh, it can really slow down the story. And yeah, it's just a blast. Like, hearing them even realize that Narnia was an allegory through the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's like, we never explained, hey, this is an allegory of Jesus dying on the cross and taking our sin, away our sins. Like, they just go, oh my goodness, this is like this, and this is yes. like this, and this is what happened. And I'm like, yeah, you're getting it. And so it's just really fun to see what they pick up on their own when we expose them to, you know, as Charlotte Mason says, famously, that feast of ideas. Hmm. And... Yeah, it's just a delight to be a part of. Mm, that's great. Katie, thank you so much for reading so much to our children. I tell you what, oh, thank that you. is such it's... a blessing to our home. Really, it's a blessing to me. Folks, thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take the time to 
give it a thumbs up if you're watching it or leave a rating or a review on any of the platforms that you listen on. And like Katie said before, maybe share it um, on any on any social media platforms you might be on or with any friends that you have. If you got a family text thread, you know, you could send it. Send it <laughs> to the family text thread. Can just blast this to the family text thread. That's what they want to see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.